What a, what a beautiful praise and worship by Steve. Let's, let's give him another round of applause. Also, another round of applause for our beautiful children. That was awesome. Uh, and our teacher, Sherry, my sister, that was great to get the kids involved. Our future involved in knowing Christ in this Advent season. Heading towards Christmas, allowing them to know Christ. So right now, I want to introduce my brother Ernest to come up and share the message of love today. And I pray that this message just sees into our hearts and our minds and our souls and in our spirits. And we receive it with open hearts and open ears. In Jesus' name. Give him a hand, y'all. Praise the Lord, saints. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, saints. Praise the Lord. Hey, it's truly an honor to be in the house of the Lord yet another time. Well, well, well. Um, you know, let me get something out of the way first. I want to let y'all know, um, we're going to be speaking on love today, as you already see. And one of the things that I love to do is I use myself. I don't point no fingers at nobody else. I don't want to talk about nobody else. I like to talk about me. That way, at the end of the day, can't nobody be mad, right? Well, I mean, besides my wife. Because, <laughs> you know, she know if I'm talking about me, I got to be talking about her too. And my children and my family. And, um, you know, I want to thank God for my family being here today. Um, I even got my... My mother, I don't, because I don't call her my mother-in-law, all the way from Virginia. So I thank God for her being here on this morning. She has always been a big, big, big supporter of me in the ministry. And um, I believe this will be the, besides if she looked at it on, um, on the website the last time, I think this will be the first time that she ever heard me speak. So I truly thank God for the day. I'm not going to prolong. I'm going to go ahead and get into the message on the day. So let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father God, we come to you again just thanking you. Father God, we thank you for life, health, and strength, Lord Father God. Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to be in your house yet another day, Lord Father God. Father God, we ask that you open our hearts so that we can hear a word from you on this morning. Lord Father God, then I ask that you allow Ernest to step aside. Let it be nothing from me but word from you, Lord Father God. And I ask that we just take this and sink it deep into our hearts. In your holy and your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, ironically enough, you know, we're speaking on love on this morning. And here at Capital City Church, we exist to love God and love people. And make a positive impact in our community. Amen? You know, love is a word that when I was told that I had to speak on it, uh, believe me, I wanted to pass. Because, you know, when, when, when God gives you something, I tell you, you, you go through some things. 
you start going through to see if to see what the real meaning of a word is. And I'm telling you, the last couple of weeks has been a trying time. I, I, I tell y'all, it really has been trying. So, you know, I ask that y'all um, keep my wife in y'all prayers. Um, she's going through a little something right now. And I just ask that y'all pray for her and um, keep her uplifted. You know, because y'all know that normally when I, whenever I bring a word, she normally um, comes and do a song for me. But she, she just couldn't do it. But I still thank God because she still made it here in spite of. You know, she had to, now that's what you call, she pressed her way on just to support me. So I thank God for my wife, and I thank God for my entire family that decided to come out and support me on this morning. You know, when we talk about love, you know, that's a funny thing. Because I can assure you that majority of us know all the love languages. I mean, probably know them like the back of our hand. And, and, you know, that's what we constitute with love. But how many of us know the true love of God? That is what we're going to focus on today. Because we can sit here and talk about the love languages and, you know, how people are compatible and all of this and all of that. And still not have an idea of the love that God has for us. But on this morning, we're going to be talking about that love. The true love. On this morning, we're going to find out that, you know, so many times we confuse love with so many other things. We confuse love with affection. We confuse love with what we like. We even confuse love about what makes us feel good on the inside. And that's one of the biggest problems that we have in the church today because we in turn, confuses that love with the love that we're supposed to have for God. See, it's a funny thing. You know, in studying, I was looking around at my life, like I say, and I start trying to compare the love that I say that I have for the love that Christ has for me. And everybody that knows me truly knows that I'm a, I'm a, I'm a finicky person. What do I mean by that? I mean, I can get mad and hold a grudge for months. I mean, months. I'm, I, and I tell you, and, and it's something that, believe me, my wife is trying to work on me with, but I choose not to listen. Hey, I mean, that's me. That's part of holding the grudge. The thing is, when I sit back and I look at it, Let's talk about the love that God has for us. How many of us would not have the opportunity to be saved if God held grudges for months? How many of us actually deserve the love of God? Why do I say that? Because when, you, when I get mad at you, and it makes no difference what it was. I mean, it could be because um, you left something on the floor in the living room. And I'm upset. And while I'm upset about it, I get mad. And I yell and say, go pick it up. And then I have nothing to say for you for two, three days. Now, how many of us have done worse than that, but yet instead God still turns around and say, I forgive you? 
You know, we, 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 we take God's love for granted so many times. You know, we, we, we try to say that, yes, um, we love the Lord, but yet instead, we can't even forgive the person that's closest to us for an argument we had two weeks ago. I mean, I, I know I'm the only one that's in that situation. You know, I know it's none of y'all. I, I mean, I know that. I mean, hey, but it's all right. It's, it's all right. You know, that's just life. So, then, like I said, that's why I'm talking about me today. I want y'all to see what I'm doing. So that way y'all can hold me accountable. You know, we get mad at our, our wife. We get mad at our kids. We get mad at our brothers and sisters. And, you know, we go on and on and on and on. I mean, me, I have family that I haven't even talked to in five, six, seven years, something even more than that, because of something simple that happened. And I got to thinking when I was doing this studying, what happens to me if the Lord had treated me the same way? I would not be standing before you on this morning, because I've done some things a whole lot worse than any of them people could have ever done. But yet instead, the Lord loves me so much that he gave me another chance. You know, then we look at love for one another. You know, I have three kids, three of my boys living in the house with me. And it's a shameful thing to say that I show one more love than I show the rest. Now, is that right? What if God showed one of us more love than he showed another one of us? What if he picked and chose? What if he said, well, because you did this, I'm not going to love you as much as I love that person? What if God decided that, well, you know, um, because this one is showing me more attention, I'm going to love him more than I love these ones over here? And I'm guilty of that. I am truly, truly guilty of that. But I'm here to tell you on this morning, by the time we finish our message on today, I hope somebody else can learn the same thing that I'm trying to learn. If you will, go with me to Mark, the 12th chapter, and we're going to begin reading at the 28th verse. That's Mark 12, 28 through 30. And it reads, then one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. Now, let, let's just take this right here just for an example. This one scripture right here. What is the scripture saying to us? 
It's telling us to love God with all of our heart. Loving God with all of our heart. We have to develop a passion for what God is passionate about. We have to show compassion. We have to develop healthy emotions. Now, how many of us is as passionate about God as we are about our cause? How many of us is as passionate about God as some of us are with our jobs? I can say this on this morning because I'm one that when it came down to my job, oh, that was first and foremost. My job came before my family. It came before everything. All I was concerned with was I got to get this job done. I put God on the back burner to the point that I was hardly going to church if I was going at all. Um, and I used to sit back on Sunday mornings and wait for the phone to ring just so I could go to work. Then I have an excuse not to go to church. I mean, because, I mean, who's going to get mad at you if you're going to church to pay the bills? <laughs> I mean, hey. But I used to sit back and just pray. Come on, man. Come on. Somebody call. Somebody call. Even if it was something that I didn't even have to go and do. I, I would wait until the last minute. You know, I would sit in there and see my wife. You know, she up there getting ready for church and everything. And I'm sitting there looking. I'm dragging my feet. I'm dragging my feet. And I'm just waiting. And I tell you, boy. And when that phone ding, oh, hey, um, you go ahead to church, I'll try to make it. Then I get to work and drag it on out. Because I was compassionate about my job. But you know what, now that I think of it, I think I was compassionate about not coming to church. I think that's what it was. The scripture goes on to tell us to love God with all our soul. That means that we have to develop a godly quality. You know, it's, it's kind of hard if you think about it, but then it's not. We have to develop a godly character as well. We have to examine our lives, see if what we're doing lines up with the word of God. This is how we can put our entire soul into loving the Lord. We have to live with integrity. Now, we all know that integrity is a somewhat interesting word because integrity determines a lot of the things that we as individuals do. Integrity shows people how we really are. You know, it used to be a time back when everything was done on a handshake and a promise. See, that was when we had integrity. Now, everything has to be done between contracts because we as individuals have fell away from integrity. We decide that you know, we could give somebody our word and then go back on it. You know, what if 
when God gave his word, he decided, well, you know, because these individuals are not doing what it is that I want them to do, I can go back on my word. Where will we be at today? You know, is, you know, some of us look at the fact, and I'm going to just use something out of the blue, because, you know, like I said, I'm talking about me. You know, I went and I think it was, I got a credit card. Let me tell you how this works. And, you know, when I started off, you know, I was paying the bill monthly, you know, on time, making all the good payments. Then all of a sudden, one month, I'm, you know, I, I ain't going to pay it this month. Then I let it lapse again and again and again. And then finally, at the end of the day, I ended up owing these people thousands of dollars. Now, if I had integrity, I would want to make it right. But what I did, because I said, you know, it is what it is. I walked away from it. I cut the credit card up and threw it in the trash and never looked back. You know, we take things like that and we say, well, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm just going to go on my credit report. But the thing is, it shows a lack of integrity. And that's why now everything has to be done in the form of a contract. Because we choose not to honor a handshake like we used to. What a great world this would be if it was we could say, yes, I'm going to get this done. And then because we gave our word, we still do it. You know, in the church, a lot of times, you know, the pastor asks, can we do this? Can we do that? And, you know, and we say, yeah, you know, I'm available. But then when time comes to do it, we got every excuse in the world why we didn't show up. And you know why I'm saying that? Because I'm one of the prime ones. Yep, pastor, I'll be there. And when that's started to get there, man, I'm tired, man. I've been working all week. And some of us, we choose to not even call. We don't call, we don't text, and we don't show up. This is integrity. We gave our word, and we need to stick to our word. Then, the next, it goes on to say, love God with all your mind. I mean, we got to use our mind for the glorification of God. You know, we sit back, and, you know, we got a interesting individual in the church. I mean, one of the smartest minds I have ever met. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't call out people's names, but this person knows exactly who I'm talking about. Ain't that right, bro? Yeah. <laughs> one of the smartest people I've ever met. And if you ever had the time to take and talk to him, he dedicates his work and his life to serving the Lord. Everything he does has God's approval. And, you know, and that's hard, especially when you find somebody that's smart. I mean, if you look in the news and you look around and you look everywhere else, you see people that are smart. God is on the back burner. Their work is on the front. But if you take the time to go out and talk to this brother, everything that he does, he consults with God first. 
This is what is called using our mind for the glorification of God. You know, I, I, I found it hard. You know, I was sitting down and, you know, and I was trying to, to, to analyze the brother one day and, and, and I got lost. Because, you know, some of the things that he was telling me, you know, I, I just couldn't believe it. I was like, you know, it, it ain't no way. How? How can you do this? And when you ask him how, the first thing that he says, with the help of God. I tell you, now this is truly using your mind for the glorification of God. And the last part of it is telling us to love God with all our strength. We need to use our energy to serve God. We need to make our actions line up with our heart in the service of God. Now, how many of us, we can focus energy on everything else but serving God? We tend to focus our energy on doing this or doing that or or we focus our energy. Like I said, I, I, one of the things that I found out that I love to do is I love to cook. And the energy that I put into cooking, if I put that same energy into loving the Lord, do you know the elevation where I will be at right now? Do you know where I would be at this very moment? Because cooking is something that I can tell you that I truly love to do. You know, when I'm cooking, I'm at peace. I don't see or hear nothing else that's going on around me. I, when I get in the kitchen, it's like there's nobody there but just me and the pots and the pans. And, hey, and if you come in the kitchen while I'm in there, I get a real bad attitude. <laughs> I, I mean, I get mad. Because that's how much I love to be in there on my own. If I will focus that time and energy on loving the Lord, man, I just can't fathom where I could be at right this day. If you would, go with me to 1 John, the second chapter, and we're going to begin reading at the 15th verse. And it's going to go 15 through 17. And this scripture reads, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. If I love the Lord, he will be my priority. How many of us know that? If you love the Lord, then... Like I was saying early, the love of your cars will be secondary. The love of your house will be secondary. The love of all of the material things that we pride ourselves on having will become a secondary thing to you. But it's so many times that, you know, 
it used to be a saying out that we used to say all the time at one of the churches I was at. When we was coming to church and you ride past the car wash. And you know, when you ride past the car wash, the car wash is so full. I mean, we got people out there, they shining the rims up, they making that car look so pretty. And you get to church and you got two or three people sitting in the pews. Now, you know, I mean, and you know why I can say that? Because I used to be one of them. <laughs> I mean, hey, I couldn't go. Couldn't show up work Monday morning with dirt on my rims. Hey, that, that took precedence over being at church. Uh, you know, I you know, I used to try to tell myself, well, you know, if I get going good and early enough, I had time to make it to church after I finish. Knowing good and well that I won't go to no church. Oh, but I tell you, I know I ain't the only one. I know it's somebody else. <laughs> ain't that right? Yeah. <laughs> I ain't got to call no names, but we know who we are. You know, and one of the biggest things that we have, that we go through, is lust of the flesh. We tend to want to please this earthly body. You know, we say that God is my priority, but yet instead we continue to put different things in the place of him. We continue to put him on the back and everything else to the forefront. You know, we oftentimes, if we are in a relationship with somebody, we tend to put their well-being before Christ. Not knowing that if we put Christ first, we will be able to love them even better. You know, it happens so many times that we do this thing in reverse, and that's when we find out how can I love you if, first of all, I don't even love myself. See, if we love Christ first, we'll love ourselves. If we love ourselves, then we can love you even better. Because the thing is, what happens is, we try to love you without loving ourselves, without loving Christ. And what happens? Because we don't love Christ first, we're trying to please you with material things. We're trying to please you with doing things to satisfy you. We try to please you with, you know, how most of us do when we get in, when we fresh in a relationship. You know, we all lubby-dubby, you know, we opening doors and, you know, we walking them around to the car. We um, pull out the chair for them so they can sit down and, you know, we, we you know, baby, um, I, I, I need um, a soda. Uh, we'll run all the way across town just to find that one thing they want. But then, after we say I do, oh, man, you better get up and do it yourself. I'm tired. I ain't got time for this. But what happens? Because we put that person first. Because if we had the love of Christ in us, we would gladly get up to please that person. Why do you say that? Because God gladly does things for us. He don't do things with hesitation. 
He don't say, well, you know, I'm tired today, Ernest, you know. Hey, I've been out blessing a lot of people. <laughs> Bro, I'm telling you, you, you got to wait till tomorrow. I, I mean, how many of us would um, be all right with that? I mean, I know I wouldn't. So the thing is, what I'm trying to tell you on this morning, God has to be our priority. And if he's our priority, we will love one another the way that we're supposed to. We would be, we would gladly say, yes, honey, yes, dear, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, and gladly go and do what it is that a person needs us to do. But because we're doing it off of our emotions, what ends up happening is as soon as we got an attitude with that person, they couldn't get nothing out of us. Not one single thing. Next thing that we're going to focus on is going to be that if I love God, I will obey his principles. Go with me to 1 John 2, 3 through 8. 1 John 2, 3 through 8. And it reads, hold on, oh, see. Now, by this we know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whosoever keeps his word truly, the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who, he who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Brethren, I write no new commandments to you but an old commandment which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write to you which things is true in him and you because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. If I love the Lord, I will obey his principles. What are the principles of God? You know, the main principle that God puts before us is to love one another. And how many of us love one another? Now, see, it's easy to say. I mean, how many of us get up in the morning, I love you, honey. Oh, I love you too, Snookums, or whatever y'all call each other. I mean, you know, we all got our pet names. You know, I, I, I love you, babe. Oh, 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 I love you too. But the question is, are we just saying it out of formality? Or do we truly love this person deep down in our heart? Because one of the things that happens is we, and I said this before, love to us is an emotion. We treat it as something that we can put it on the shelf 
when we're tired of it and take it off when we need it. You know, as long as you are treating me the way that I feel I should be treated, I love you today. As long as you're doing the things that I ask you to do, I love you today. But how many of us can love in spite of? Because, you know, like the word say, you know, if we love him, we will obey his principles. His principles is to love regardless. His principle is not to pick and choose what days we love each other on. His principles is not to, uh, well, you know, I love this person because, you know, they're doing the will of God. But I don't love this person because they're out of the will of God. What would be the end result if God only loved those who did his will? What would be the end result if we as a church only loved those who came into the church house? What would happen to all those who decided not to come? So how can we say that we love one another and we got it on the shelf this Sunday? You know, it, it, it and, you know, it used to be a, a saying that, you know, a lot of people used to say was, you know, I'm going to hang up my religion for the day, you know, just so I can go and do something that it is that I want to do. You know, we tend to do that with love. Why do you say that, Ernest? Ernest, I say we tend to do it with love because, you know, um, because I had an argument with you, now I don't love you no more. Because um, I didn't want to go somewhere that you went, now I don't love you no more because you know we we pick and choose the different things that we want to and what not to love each other because of you know and and nowhere in my bible and you know and i and in researching the word love you know I, it, it's a whole lot i have not found nowhere in the bible where it says that we can put our love on the shelf for a day I found nowhere in all my researching where Jesus said that um, I'm not going to love these people because they're not doing my will. And if anybody had a reason to, it would have been him. Lakes, you know, is one of our distinguished, uh, our church motto, and it's if I love God, I will also love his people. And, you know, and that goes coincide with what I was just saying. How can we say that we love God and we don't love the person that's sitting right next to us? How can we? You know, the Bible lets us know that the word says, how can I say that I love you? whom I've never seen, but I don't love the person that's sitting right next to me. Now, I'm not telling you that you cannot get angry with a person. I'm not telling you that you can't get mad at a person. But the Bible also says we can be angry, but sin not. Let not the sun go down on our wrath. And, you know, I can say that because, like I told you, I was one of the ones that when I go to sleep, you know, I'd be mad at you for a month, two months, three months, even years. So, yeah, I, I could talk about that. And, you know, so what am I saying here on this morning? I'm saying, you know, 
I wake up and I pray and I tell the Lord how much I love him. But then I get on the road and because you got a little bit too close to me, I'm cussing you out. Now, I, I'm, I'm trying to find somewhere in the Bible. I mean, y'all can help me out because, I mean, I know we got some Bible scholars in here that know the Bible a whole lot better than I do. But if you can show it to me at the church, you know, let me know. Um, where in the Bible did Jesus cuss the man out for getting too close to him in the car? Oh, I'm sorry. They didn't have cars then when they got too close to him on the donkey. Somebody let me know because, you know, I want to read that. I, I got to see it because, you know, we, you know, road rage. And I use that because we've all have done it at one time or another. But we say that we love the Lord. We say that we love the Lord, but yet instead, how many of us have a coworker that we can't stand? And we got our little group of people that we get together and all we do is bash that person. You know, but we love the Lord. How many of us even got people that's right in the church house that just as soon as we hit the dope and we get in our car, I don't know what she thought she was doing today. <laughs> hey, ain't that right, honey? Yeah, hey, hey, I saw him. Yeah, what do you think he was doing? But we love the Lord. I mean, you know, I know don't nobody do that but me. <laughs> so. I'm not talking about y'all. I'm not. I'm not. Believe me, I'm not. Oh, did you see them get up and shouting? Hey, I saw. I, hey, I heard what they was doing last week. Yeah, that, last week they were down at the club, and now they in now they in the church house shouting and running up and down the aisle. That don't make no sense. But yet, instead, we love the Lord. I mean, how many times have the Lord held against us what we have done? I can't recall one time that he have. Because my Bible tells me that all I have to do is repent. And the Lord is going to forgive me and we're going forward. He's not going to hold the things that I did over my head. But we as people, too many times we try to hold a person's past over their head. You know, if, if they did this on Saturday night and then coming to the church house on Sunday, we feel a certain type of way. Why? I'm trying to find out why do we do this? Because I was reading the other day that, you know, when, 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 when Jesus was on the cross, the man right beside him surely was a bad man. He was so bad that he told Jesus, you know what? I deserve to be here. Hey, I know what I did, but you don't. And because he was honest, Jesus forgave him at that instant. So who are we to judge somebody and not forgive them for what they did? And then, you know, we got an old saying that we as people do all the time. And, you know, I know some of y'all understand what I'm saying. Yeah, I forgive you, but I don't forget. How many of us use that? I know I do. Yeah, I forgive you for what you did, but I ain't going to forget it. So what if Jesus said the same thing? I forgive you for what you did, but I'm not going to forget. What if he did that? How many of us 
will make it into the kingdom on this very day. I can say I surely wouldn't because some of the things I did, man, I'm telling you. And the people that know me know, like my son, boy, here's some stories he can tell you. But um, don't none of y'all talk to him because I, I, I don't need nobody knowing them type of stories. And shoot, not just him, but my wife, she can tell you some things. Hmm. I tell you, I truly thank God for delivering me. I thank God for loving me in spite of, you know, I was going to keep going on and on. Because, you know, like I said with the word love, you know, it's so much that you can talk about. It's so much as far as that word is concerned. But one of the things that I try to tell you, you know, I'm going to get up, speak up, and shut up. I'm going to give you what the Lord gives me for me, and I'm going to give it to you. But I want to tell you something. So many of us know what John 3.16 says. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God loved us so much that he sent his son here in this place that we call the world. You know, and, and, and I'm thinking about that thing. And I'm thinking about it, and I'm thinking about it, and I'm thinking about it. And I know how much I love my son. I know how much my wife loves her boys. Now, let me tell you something. It's something that my wife used to do all the time that used to irk me. You know, she could come in the house, and she could yell at them boys, and and 10 minutes later, she's sitting down there, she's joking with them, she's playing, and they hugging each other. I'm like, what, you, what is you doing? What are you doing? Didn't you just fuss at him? And then me, I could call my son up. I fuss him out, slam down the phone. My wife, hey, you talked to Junior lately? Nope. You going to talk to him? Nope. Well, y'all need to get that right. Nope. And, you know, and I'm looking at her like, you're the one that's wrong. I mean, why? Why would you? And then when I got to studying this word, you know, it was like, man, she's been right all along. Man, I tell you, and you know how how bad that made me feel. I'm like, man, mm, I've been doing this thing all wrong. And then, you know, in that scripture, it says that God gave his only begotten son. How many of us would give up our only child? How many of us, if we had two children, would still give up one? How many of us but you know what? We, we could even go, we ain't got to say one of our children. Let's say one of our cousins. How many of us would want to see one of our family members gone just because we love somebody that much? I can surely tell you that it wouldn't be me. 
There's no way that I would give up my family for somebody else. But yet instead, God sent his son here to be tortured, to be beat, to be crucified because he loved us that much. And then he show, goes on to show that he loved us because even after Jesus went through all of that, he still gives us a choice. Now, it would be easy for God to say, and everybody in the world loves him and obey him. Everybody does exactly what it is that he wants us to do. But if he do that, we wouldn't have freedom of choice. It's easy to appease somebody so that they can love you. But give them a choice and see what happens. So God gives us the choice on whether we're going to love him and obey his word or whether we're going to stay in the world and do as the world would have us to do. So I'm here this morning to tell you that in my life, from this moment forward, I'm making a honest decision that I'm going to do as our church motto says. I'm going to love God and I'm going to love people. And if I love God, it'll be easier for me to love people. If I love God, it'll be easier for me to stay in his will. If I love God, it'll be easy for me to do what it is that God will have me to do. It will be easy for me to do the things that God has set in order for me to do and not things that we do as tradition. You know, it will be easy to decipher the word of God. It will be easier for me to know that, yes, this is what God expects from me and not because I've been doing this my whole life. The love of God will show us and direct us on what it is and what it is not that we should be doing. The love of God will lead us in the right direction. The love of God will be there when nobody else is there. You know, the love of God is something that we should all, as Christian people, have deep in our hearts. You know, the love of God will keep us from judging everybody else. Because, you know, we spend so much time judging. The love of God will keep us from all of that road rage. You know, the love of God will keep us from our so-called cliques. The love of God will help us to love all of our children equally. Because, you know, it's a shameful thing to say that me being a father of nine, I love one more than I love all the rest. And it shows. Now, is that right? No. So from this day forward, I'm making a conscious decision to love all of my children equally. I'm making a conscious decision to love my neighbors. And I say my neighbors. My neighbors are the people that's right here, right around me. To love everyone as Christ loves me. I'm making a conscious decision to honestly love my wife and not to be infatuated with her because so many times we misconstrue love with infatuation we misconstrue love with 
um, our emotions. And I'm here to tell you on this morning that love is not how we feel. Love is something that we do. And we as people have to do it and do it the right way. I'm here to tell you on this morning that if we love Christ the way that Christ loved us, nothing will be impossible for us to do. I'm here to tell you on this morning if we love Christ the way that Christ loved us, there's nothing that we could not have. There's nothing that we could not accomplish as individuals. But the problem is we love Christ to a certainty. We love him on today. But then on tomorrow, we kind of like love him because it don't line up what we're doing. So I'm here on this morning to tell you that we as individuals need to start loving Christ. Love Christ first. Then we need to love ourselves. Then with loving ourselves, we can love our spouse and everybody else equally. So on this morning, I ask that you all just, just join in with me and making this commitment that we are going to put Christ first. We are going to love Christ the way that he loves us. Amen? Amen. Amen. Gives their earners another round of applause. Thank you, brother. Great message on love. At a time when we need love. This is a season of love. The season of Christ is the season of love. How many toes did he step on it this morning, right? Yeah, I know it exactly, right? Exactly. It all begins with loving Christ, church. That's why we're here, because we love the Lord. But first, he first loved us. That's why we're here. Always keep that in your heart, in your mind, in your spirit. Everything that we do, everything that we say, we must honor him. We must glorify him. It will return back to you. Don't think that you will be left out. By loving Christ. That's the best love that you can ever have. Loving the Lord. With all your heart. All your soul. With all your mind. With all your strength. Let's do that as Ernest said. In Jesus name. These altars are open. <laughs>